Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are trading at a record. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all advancing. We have got the S&P up six now at 2436. That is a gain of three-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 50 to 6297, a gain of eight-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 53. That is a gain of three-tenths of one percent. The tenure up 16 30 seconds, looking at a yield now of 2.16 percent. Gold up $10 the ounce to 1280, higher by eight-tenths of one percent. Crude oil slumping one and a half percent, down 74 cents a barrel on West Texas Intermediate. That is now at $47.62 a barrel. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, we got to talk about the labor market. The U.S. labor market giving mixed signals in the month of May with a decline in the unemployment rate to a 16-year low, contrasting with below forecast hiring and wage growth. Of course, we got that earlier today. Let's talk about it. Chris Liu, Senior Fellow, University of Virginia Miller Center, former Deputy Secretary of Labor under President Obama, on the phone in Virginia. And back at our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York is Steve Blitz, Chief U.S. Economist at T.S. Lombard. And Chris, I do want to start with you on... Um, you've been, you know, in the government, in the Labor Department on Jobs Day, overseeing the numbers. These numbers say what to you specifically? I, I think mixed signals is the right way to say it. I mean, the 138,000 is certainly below expectations, although at this point in an economic recovery, you know, anything with a one starting it is, is not bad. Uh, but what I'm concerned about is a couple things. Uh, the unemployment rate dropped, but it dropped for bad reasons, which is the labor force participation was down. Uh, I still don't see enough wage growth at 2.5%. And I'm frankly, I think, concerned about the headwinds that are creating by uh, the president's policies, whether it's on uh, the repeal of the Affordable Care Act or whether it's his decision on Paris yesterday, that they that, uh, this may sort of hasten the end of this recovery. Really? Because yeah, I mean, these, these numbers are strong. Um, uh, the employment, this low unemployment rate is, is just a, a, a Well, a you know what I see number. is, like, I'm, I'm looking at the 12-month trend, the 6-month trend, and we are slowing down right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we still don't see, in my mind, a uh, jobs plan out of this administration other than uh, rolling back what they think are job-killing regulations. I, you know, if, if I could see tax reform coming down the road, if I could see infrastructure, uh, I'd feel a little bit more confident about where we're heading. Steve Blitz, I mean, are there regulations that are holding back job creation at this point in your view? Uh, well, I'm sure you can find some in some industries, and that's probably not too hard. Look, I, staying away from the politics of it, the fact is that there's two trend lines, and the Fed believes that the lower trend line is the one that we're operating under, as do most economists, and that we're close to bumping up against it. Look, the growth rate that we saw in employment, uh, the Fed's probably not – entirely unhappy with it because given the net growth in the labor force, something between 100 and 150,000 is probably more normal and less inflationary in terms of pushing against wages. And I think, you know, and I, and I think, uh, the other commentator is right. I mean, the unemployment rate going down has really went down for the wrong reason. So the real question is, what does the Fed do with this number? Well, they go again in, in June because it's committed to it. Um, September, December, we'll have to see, but certainly, if the main number is a precursor of numbers to come, 
uh, in June, July, August, there's two things that are going to hold back the Fed from perhaps going again in September. One is that you're not getting an increase in growth in higher wage sectors, and that's problematic to get the average hourly earnings up. Uh, so I think that's that's a problem right right there. Uh, and the second, just the overall number being that low is not going to put pressure on wages. And so the inf- the wage-creating inflation kind of argument begins to lose a little steam. Um, it's Are we right to look at uh, – well, let me ask a question differently. Chris Lou, who is still unemployed? Well, you know, there's still a lot of people out on the sidelines right now. I mean, labor force participation is 62.7. Uh, it's a lot of the people that we've seen uh, who have given up on the job market um, since the recovery sort of took hold. You know, and it's not only just people who are unemployed. It's people who are underemployed at this moment as well. And it sort of speaks more broadly to, you know, really the bipartisan movement about job training right now. How do we upskill people for the better-paying jobs uh, of the 21st century? So it's not only just um, – short-term wage increase uh, actions like raising the minimum wage, uh, but how do we get people into jobs where they can really um, uh, sustain um, a working-class life, middle-class life? Well, I, you know, I like to jump in on that because, look, the you know, I, I go back to a time when the employment population ratio going up and the participation ratio going up was a sign that middle-income families needed two-wage earners in order to support a lifestyle as opposed to one. So now that it's coming off, I still think a lot of that's the baby boomers retiring. But the most important number is the employment population ratio of 25 to 34-year-olds. And it did slip back a little bit in May, but it's much higher than it's been in the recession. It's almost back to the pre-recession highs. And with that, you're really at a position where this group, which is really the driver of uh, house home home buying and so much other discretionary spending, is really on the cusp of beginning to spend. The biggest issue for them, I, I believe, is, is, is one of confidence. Because the greatest sign of confidence in yourself, the economy, your ability to earn income, is taking out that first mortgage. And to the extent that Everything that's going on, all the noise coming out of Washington, suppresses that confidence. Then the home home buying side of the equation doesn't quite pick up as much as you know the the demographics and the numbers would suggest they should. You know, Chris, though, I guess what I'm trying to understand is a president who came into the White House on kind of a populism wave for people who felt left behind because they don't one of the things is maybe they don't have a job and they're struggling because the job they have is not a great one or it doesn't pay well um and yet i look at some of these numbers and there are a lot of people employed in this country so i guess i want to know what is the truth what is the real labor picture here well, look, there are a lot of people employed. I continue to go back to wage growth at 2.5%, and that's just not what it is now. But there's been sort of a longer-term trend of wage stagnation. And so I think for most people in this country, yeah, they, they do have it. Those that want a job do have a job. But what they haven't seen is a growth in their weekly and monthly incomes while everything around them uh, is getting more expensive. And that's kind of what you see in that sense of hopelessness that kind of leads to that populist uh, support of the president. So I, I certainly understand that. But what I'm waiting for out of this president is something on a jobs creation plan that's more than simply tweeting at companies. Uh, that is not a long-term job creation strategy. And again, you know, if he gets around to tax reform, he gets around to infrastructure, I'd have greater confidence in where this recovery is going. You know, to be fair, 
you know, first off, a lot of the low wage growth has come from the fact that so much in the employment gains and this recovery has been in restaurants, in uh, in home health care, uh, in retail, in in messengers and couriers, which are low wage industries, uh, by you know, in in, in total, uh, and that's where a lot of the job growth has been. But in in, in fairness. This has been going on for a long time, and uh, anything, even if um, uh, Trump could snap his finger and create the right jobs program immediately, uh, you wouldn't see it in May when he took office in January. So I think, you know, I'm not the first guy in the world to want to be fair to President Trump or anyone who knows me, but I think that you still have to be, you know, you have to take the politics aside and look at it from a a realistic economic perspective. And the job market we're talking about has been in effect really for eight years. And no president could have walked in at the end of January and changed these dynamics in the last three, four months. Sure isn't going to be easy. That's 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 the truth. It's an interesting report and interesting times. So glad to have both of you. Uh, uh, Steve Blitz, Chief U.S. Economist at T.S. Lombard, and Chris Liu, former Deputy Secretary of Labor in the Obama Administration. Uh, we're going to get up a little bit. We're going to get a data check and keep looking at the markets here as we uh, get trading. In June is underway. Yeah, hard to believe, right? Selling Indeed. may go away. Maybe not. We're going to look at those monthly figures. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Radio.